Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your weekly source of gaming news, questions, and impressions from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer, and joining me, as always, is Jeremy Bratitich. Celebrities love the GameCube. Oh, they're part of the GameCube club, I tell you what. Celebrities uh, absolutely love to get photos with the Nintendo GameCube. <laughs> and Dwayne The Rock Johnson's perfect teeth. Uh, that man has such perfect teeth. I keep saying, I follow impressive. him on Instagram, and he, sw- he he posts many photos on Instagram. Um, because he's a very... No way. No, but he posts a lot. Like, this is a man with a very finely crafted social media presence. Some would say very electable. Um, <laughs> yes, quite delectable. No, 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 electable. Put in with some uh, whipped cream, some strawberries. <laughs> whipped, cream and stra- whipped, cream and stra- whipped cream and strawberries on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, he, uh, that man is absolutely going to run for president. He is absolutely going to run for president. Anyway, um, if there's one thing that celebrities love to do, it is post photos. It is have their photos taken with the Nintendo GameCube. For the past ten minutes, I have been looking at photos of celebrities and the Nintendo GameCube. Such celebrities include David Cross, Bob Odenkirk. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Jason Alexander, The Rock, Scarlett Johansson, and Paris Hilton, and Alan Cumming. Um, Just some excellent photos from, like... 20 years ago. (laughs) Probably literally 20 years ago. No, probably more, right? When did the the GameCube launch? I think it was 2001, but I'm probably off. Oh, surely it was earlier than that, right? Oh, no, it was 2001. There you go. The 64 was in 96, so, you know, five yeah, years. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, celebrities, man, they, they love the Nintendo GameCube. They're part of the GameCube club, we think. They are part of the GameCube club from what we can tell from what's behind Alan Cumming. <laughs> Cummings. I, I was looking at the one with Paris Hilton, but anyway... Uh, so, Kerry, Jeremy, and that's it this week. Uh, June is back into study, so they'll be popping in and out as they have availability. Um, something to point out, this episode's coming out in a bit of a weird spot. So this is this is like episode 66 or 7, I think. There's two episodes before this that we've recorded but haven't released yet. 67. Uh, 67 this week, which means 65 and 66 are in the can, but they're not out yet. Uh, we've had a couple of complications. Uh, one of them we, we just couldn't publish because Jeremy became perilously ill about a month ago. Well, I mean, okay, no. I, let me, I wasn't like, I wasn't dying. I was just completely bedridden for like a good week and a, ch- and a chunk. Yeah. So. I, I was, I was, I was safe the entire, it wasn't COVID. I was safe the entire time. Oh, it was yeah, no, infection. no. Yeah, it so. just knocked me off. It just knocked me on my ass. It was so long ago that it was before Melbourne's lockdown that we've just come out of as of today. Yes, uh, I recorded I another episode. At, Sorry, I got sick at maybe the best possible time to get sick because I knew I didn't have COVID. Um, and like any later, I would have been like sweating a bit. I mean, I was sweating yep. a lot because I was sick, but like I was like I would have been I would have been very 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 nervous. Um, but I, I I'm totally fine now. Excellent. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, or was it last week? I don't remember. We recorded an episode with June, and it was great. And we spoke about. Skyward Sword, and I finished Halo 4, and June talked about Ratchet and Clank because they played it on my PlayStation, and then, like, June's audio file corrupted. (laughs) Uh, So, 
What that means is basically uh, I, I'm going to cut that one together and we'll recap some of the things that get cut out. Uh, we've got half of it that's fine and then the front half of it's really choppy. So these previous episodes will be coming out retrospectively. They will be coming out at some point when Jeremy and I have the time. Um, but for right now, you're getting the up-to-date news from the end of July. Uh, so look forward to those old episodes where we talk about... Uh, like I said, all those things I just mentioned. Um, and for the things that did get cut out of June's audio, we will be recapping them the next time June's on the podcast. Uh, so with all that in mind, let's just get into the rigmarole. This is the Minimap cast for minimap.com.au. Uh, this is our main show that we do at the moment on the podcast service. Uh, we've also got a couple of other podcasts, our Game Club podcast called Game Spoilers Podcast, and the Pecking Order podcast which is our kissability and pop culture ranking podcast uh we wanted to also say if you wanted to support this uh show or uh this website you can go to patreon.com slash minimapau to support us monetarily uh you could also give this podcast a positive rating on your podcast service of choice uh thank you to shook as well for letting us use the moog model the improv from their youtube channel for the music for the minimap cast that you heard during the intro that you'll hear during the break here for the outro uh, you can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. Uh, they've got a new album coming out, right, Jeremy? They do. I want to say it's called System. Um, mm. I've had it pre-ordered for a number of months. Um, Shook does a really cool thing where, like, they put out, like, a song every, like, four weeks of the album until the album is completely released, and then they release the album. That's cool. I like um, that. Yeah, it, it's it's real neat. Um, my vinyl will not be shipping until November, um, but I'm... <sighs> Very excited for it. What I what I remembered uh, on the way home from work today um, was that my Sea of Thieves vinyl is getting shipped next <gasps> month. <laughs> That's pretty sick. I'm I'm pretty excited for it. Um, we we should uh, a... when I, when we can visit, we should drink and put that on and sing shanties. Drink drink uh, rum. <laughs> oh yeah, rum. <laughs> What are, what else do they have? Is it? I, I mean, what what what's what's grog? What's pirate grog? You know. I think grog is just like moonshine, isn't it? Oh. It's just brewed, like probably like an ale. Maybe yeah. I'm just trying to think what what's uh, what's the what's the stuff that's in the tankard in Sea of Thieves? You know. Yeah, like it's like an ale. Yeah, um, something like I, that. I, I would it's, assume it's a, a beerish sort of a beverage, a beerish mm. bev, as they mm. say. Definitely, as they say. Um, and then we'll let's... all have lemons so we don't get scurvy. <laughs> Keep up your vitamin C, everybody. Uh, so let's get into it. Um, this is going to be coming out a little bit... This is going to be coming out in a couple of days for when the embargo is going to be up for a game that I've been playing, actually, uh, writing the guide for. Um, the Ascent is coming out on Xbox consoles and PC uh, on the uh, 30th. Um or maybe it's the 29th, I don't know, it is Friday in Australia. Uh, it's like a top-down, twin-stick RPG shooter in a cyberpunk universe. It's interesting. I hadn't heard too much about it, um, but, it's, you know, it's got a bit of a bit of traction. It's coming out on Game Pass Day 1, which is sick. Um, oh, that's cool. And, yeah, it's made by 12 people, um, and for that, you know, it's, it's kind of a similar... Uh, I get a similar vibe to it as with Biomutant in that when I look at it, I'm like, 
for the size of the team, this is really impressive. Um, and it's so absolutely congrats to them. Uh, it is different from Biomutant in that I like it much more. Um, so, I don't know, it plays totally fine. They, they've actually done a really good job with the world building, the visual style and setting. Um, Jeremy, the bloom effects in this game are outrageous. Like, everything is drab. But then when I look at... Because I'm taking so many screenshots at the moment, right? And then I look at my folder of screenshots that's showing me all the thumbnails. And it's like a rainbow. It's like a rainbow explosion. Because everything <laughs> is, is a different um, bloomy blast of neon of a different color, of a different type for every different location. So um, the, the visual effects are quite good. There, there are some set-piece moments where like a, 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 like a vehicle crashes through a bridge and there's an explosion behind a building that you can't see off because um, it's like gone behind. Um, it, it, it really looks great. And like it's running on my computer, which is it's actually started, starting to run it on a bit low. I'm running it on medium settings. And it runs okay. Um, it looks really good. I imagine it, it's going to have some form of ray tracing on the Series X, I think, or maybe just on PCs, but it is going to have some form of ray tracing. Um, it is, it's worth a look. Uh, it's quite impressive for a, for a 12-person studio. I'm sure more people worked on it, but, you know, that's the core development team. Um, it's got, for, for a cyberpunk universe, you know, coming off the back of cyberpunk last year, 2077, um, it does a really good job of the, of, building you into its world um and like inviting you in so like the the whole thing with this is you play as an indent which is basically an indentured servant people uh pay their way to this planet velus um by basically selling their 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 lives their livelihoods wake the fuck up indent (laughs) yeah right you got a city to burn you got a you got an arcology to uh climb um but like, yeah. So you, you, the the world is made up of a lot of these indents who basically serve the mega corporations who funded their travel there. Um, and then the main thing with this one is that you know you're doing normal indent stuff down in the sewerage treatment area of the of the big tower that you're in. And then the big corporation that owns you, the Ascent Group, um, uh, defaults. They basically disappear in a matter of seconds and all of a sudden this massive tower filled with different cities and cultures and and thousands of people um all of a sudden they they don't belong to anyone and all the other mega corporations start coming to try and claim stuff and and start gang wars and take other other indents and so it's this whole thing with all of that setting is actually done quite well the voice acting is quite good the animation could use a little work but only in the sense that like it's a little rough, you know, sometimes a, a collar will clip into a cheek, you know, like the animations, stuff like that, you know, they'll pass through their clothing and stuff like that. But that's the, that's really it. So it does a good job of keeping you in the world. Um, aside from that, like the gunplay is good, but like, I kind of find it doesn't really matter what gun I use. I just kind of mow everyone down a bit. <laughs> right. Okay. It's like not um, hard at all or... Uh, well, you, you, you can wander into areas that are more difficult. Um, like every, you know, everything's got levels and you can stumble into an area that is drastically above your own. Um, and in that sense, it's difficult. But, um, if you're, if you're playing against like, like in the same level sort of enemies, then it's, it's fine. Um, it's engaging enough. Um, 
one of the things I think it does really well is um, all of the different abilities you get. Like, you get this, like, hydraulic punch and uh, you can, like, summon spider robots and or just, like, a rejuvenation field and your, your grenade equipment is really cool and some of the guns do feel nice. Like, the, the variety in equipment is quite good and how it plays. Um, but the gameplay does feel a bit samey and it takes a long time to, like, walk everywhere. It takes a long time. You've got, like, a dodge roll that, you know, kind of feels a bit faster, and I'm constantly using it. Even though it's on a cooldown, I'm just like, get me there, faster, dodge, 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 dodge. It's like you Ocarina. can't dodge that fast, I'm just like, ah. What's that? It's like Ocarina, how you just like, like exactly. I don't know if the, like, do, does the dodge roll in Ocarina actually get you anywhere faster? So, I know this because I've watched oh, speedruns. Yeah, yeah, you would know this, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, the yeah, most consistent me. way to walk across a large area in Ocarina of Time is to walk backwards. Yeah. But if you roll like frame perfectly, you match speed with walking backwards. So people use right. speedrunners use rolling when they've got to make turns suddenly or if they're only going a short distance. But if they if they're going across Hyrule Field, it's much faster to walk backwards. Um, but yeah, I, when I was younger, I always rolled. <laughs> you always roll. Yeah, um, just, yeah. When I played it, I just was rolling the entire time as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just like this game, it's good. I'm I'm about ten hours in. Um, six missions. They do some. I don't know, they've got these these chests that you have to, like, hack, and you can, like, hack the vending machines so they give you their consumables, and um, some of these doors and chests are locked. They're ice-locked, and you have to upgrade your cyber deck so that you have a higher ice-level hacking ability. Um, but there's been some inconsistency with that. Like, you know, I look at my cyber deck, and it says, oh, I can hack ice-1 doors and ice-1 chests. And then I try that, and it doesn't work. And then I don't get an upgrade, but I finish a mission where my, like, AI gets upgraded, and all of a sudden I can open Ice 2 chests, even although my Cyberdeck upgrade says I can only open Ice 1 chests. So, like, there's some really... There's some... There's some... Hitches. There's some... Non... Ground... Non-game-breaking... Non kind of annoying, but easy, to, easy enough to forget about hitches throughout the game. Um, you know, there might be a day one patch, who knows, but uh, it's, it's interesting. It, it's the kind of thing, it is, does have co-op as well, which I haven't done, but if you're looking for a top-down shooter and you just want to play something with friends, like, honestly, it's not a bad get, especially on Game Pass. On, if, if you've got sure. Game Pass and you're looking at this, it's not a bad get at all. It reminds me a lot of a game called Ruiner. Yeah. Which is a cyberpunky, more like cyber goth punk game where you're like, it like it's a it's a top down shooter, um, and you pick up a lot of different weapons, and then you can like you like recycle weapons that you don't want anymore into like bins, and then you get credits out of it, and then you use that to upgrade. It was it was like it was very much like the gun was the economy in that game, um, which was interesting. interesting. Um, it wasn't a particularly great game, but it was fine. Um, yeah. I don't, I I've never really felt the need to go back for it. Like it looked cool, and like the music was decent. How's the music in this? It's good. Um, it's okay. good in a background way. Like, I notice it sometimes, but not in the like, oh, wow, th this this one track really moves me. Oh, wow, this one track is really um You're like, not really jamming catchy. to the music. It's just um, Yeah, I'm not jamming to it, but it suits the tone and the setting perfectly. It does give me enough of a Blade Runner vibe that I think I can definitively mark it as a success for the soundtrack. Right. Um, there have been a few times where I've been like, this this hits. This hits as a good soundtrack. I should show Jeremy this one track. Um but just just because I know you like like you like Blade Runner, not because like 
the song itself is that good. It's more like they hit the vibe. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, that's the ascent. Um, are you gonna are you have... gonna play it after you're done working on it? Well, no, but I have to beat the whole game quite thoroughly. So, like... Right, okay. But, like, okay, so if you weren't doing work for it right now, would you still play? Or would you sort of move on to something else? Uh, I've got plenty of other things to be going on at the moment, so I would be I would prefer to play something else instead. But say if a friend was like, oh, I'd love to play this, I'd love to play something, hey, can we play this together? I would do that. Is it co-op? That would be, it is co-op, yeah, up to four-player co-op. Okay. Um, Maybe we I don't think play. there's any level scaling, so I think you need to be on par together. Um, right. But yeah, I would I would do it if someone was like, "Oh, hey, let's play it." That said, now that I've played as much as I have, I might be a bit more like on the fence. But let's say I hadn't. Yeah, I'd if, be happy if, to. If you were <laughs> playing with if you were playing with somebody for the first time, you would probably be having a pretty decent time. Totally. Like you know how you and Ollie and I the other day were like, "Oh, we should try Worms," and then we did, and it was okay. And then we moved yeah. on to something else. I think. Yeah. We could try this and we'd stick at it for a few hours. I don't know if we'd come back, but we'd probably enjoy the few hours. Right. So, okay. so yeah. Um, what, the other thing that came out in the last week, Jeremy, was Pokemon Unite. Pokemon Unite. So made by Tencent and the studio that they've got a name for that I don't remember, but it's a Tencent uh, game studio who's making this as well. Sure. Um. What do you what it's do you think of this game, Jeremy? Yeah, it's a MOBA. It's it's a it's a MOBA on the Switch, and it's got Pokemon. Uh, what could go wrong? We might tell uh, you in this. Timmy Studio Group is what it's called. Timmy. T i m i Timmy. Timmy. Um, it's like T, like capital T, lowercase I, capital M, lowercase I, which is interesting. Um, Timmy probably probably stands for something. Um. Yeah, it's it's good. I like it. Um, it's it's free on the Switch, which is a plus. Um, does not require Switch Online as well. So if oh, you don't really? have that, really, that's play, great. You, yeah, yeah, you can you can anybody who owns a Switch can play this, um, provided you have the internet. internet. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 cool. Um, it it does some things different to MOBAs, some mm-hmm. in good ways and some in bad ways. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I I would say um, so. It is it's a it's a two lane and a middle jungle, um, yep. so an up and a down lane, and then there's a jungle in the middle. There's a, there's one one big jungle. Um, uh, there are multiple characters, and you level up like you would in a MOBA. Um, there are there are little creeps, but there's not there's like they don't like they're not like your side. They're just wild Pokemon, um, yeah, and they're just, just sort of in the way. <laughs> Yeah, they're sort of just like like well, they're sort of just out of the way because they're kind of just off the lanes. Um, yeah. Oh, like actually, no, that, that's not true. Some of them, some of them do spawn. Sorry, um, in the middle of the lane, like the like the 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 bee drill and and the little honey bees. Um, they're not bee drills, but I also don't know what their names are. Yes, they're not bee drills. Oh no, they're not because it's the, it's the queen bee one and the, the, and the honeycomb. honeycomb. Yeah. Yeah, combi. Yeah, I think that's the yeah, that's what the little yeah. ones are. I don't remember what the queen is. Yeah. Um anyway. Vespa Queen? Um anyway. Uh so and and you play as Pokemon. You don't play as a trainer. Although you have a trainer, but they don't actually have any purpose, it seems. You just play as Pokemon. Um and 
yeah, you like you you basically you want to defeat um, enemy combatants or um, the the wild Pokemon that are, that are wandering around, and then you will get um, points by defeating them, um, which you lose an amount of them when you die. I don't understand how they how you they lose like count thirty to fifty percent when you die. Right. Okay. Um, um, and they can get picked up. So, but yeah, they're like orcs, yes. and you can have yeah, up to yeah. like fifty in your pocket at once. And then you have to take them over to um, the enemy goals, which are like basically like the towers that would be in a MOBA, um, which they don't attack you. Um, hmm. You have to go and stand inside of them and then hold down a button for about three or four seconds. But yeah, um, it depends if you have more or less orbs. Yeah. Oh, is that how that works? Right. Okay. Yeah. It takes um, longer with more. And, right. And then you basketball dunk them. Um, and then the amount of uh, orbs that you um, have dunked into an enemy. A goal, little goal, I guess. Um, will then reduce that goal's health until it gets destroyed, um, and then you can move on up. Um, the 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 you get more points um, on your team for destroying the goal, as well as what you do is you remove the enemy's ability to run quickly um, towards that goal. So in both lanes, there's like a zone in between the goals, um, which speed up um, whoever's team owns that goal. Um, so you you run faster as you as you go through there. Um, if you defeat if you destroy the enemy's goal, then they can't run faster down that section of the lane. Um, the games are capped at eight minutes. Are they ten? Ten minutes. Um, which also means that I've never won a game. Like, can you win by destroying the enemy's uh, like final home base? I think the final circle doesn't have health. I think that's one you can just endlessly dunk on. Right, okay. Um, right, okay, yeah. So every game is only 10 minutes. Um, and you can, like like in a regular MOBA, you can choose uh, which attacks you want as you level up. Um, if you are Pokemon that evolves, you will evolve as you go through the stages. Unless you're um, Pikachu. And yes, unless you're Pikachu, um, because they are the mascot. Um, and yeah, there's no shop, there's no mana, there's no mounts. It's just it's real basic um and there are a couple of like stronger pokemon that that can affect the game in ways that is positive for your team yeah um if if it's zapdos then something something yeah like it it it, like it mostly just weakens the enemy's goals for the for the most part um yeah it's it it's cool it there's there's some things i like about this some things that i don't um uh, the, the the way you determine um which team wins or loses is by how many points you have scored um on the enemy's goal um, you don't see that at all until the end of the game. And mm. the only inclination you have for um, if you're doing well or not is every, randomly, I want to say like maybe every minute for the last five or so minutes, you will get like a little announcement pop up saying, we're doing very poorly or we're doing overwhelmingly good or yeah. it's a close match. Um, yeah. But it's really vague. And at that point in the game, things can change very quickly. Mm-hmm. And you don't see how well the enemy team is doing, or like how well each enemy team member is doing, for example, which is something you might want to know if you want to say like, "Hey, that Gengar on the enemy team is fucking my shit up. I want to make sure I focus <laughs> them or get the fuck away from them." Right? Um, they don't give you any good inclination of how well the enemy is doing at all. Um, yeah. Aside from the random announcement which is like kind of annoying 
Um, yeah, it's like once every two minutes. Yeah, you you can't check the score at all. It's it's really odd. Um, it's like the only good thing about that is like every match result is a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> For better yeah. or for worse. Because sometimes it's like, ooh, that was really close. Or I think I did really well. And like, then you like lose like 400 to like, you know, 200. You're like, oh, we, we sucked. Um, yeah. And you, so like sometimes you just don't know. And yeah. it feels like you did well. And so it's harder to learn how well you're doing or what you need to focus on. Yeah. Um, I also find because of that though, it's almost a little easier to care a bit less and just do it a bit more casually. Like I think it's very easy to play this game more casually than any other MOMA Mo- MOMA MOBA because of yes. the the lower time limit, so it's less of an investment. Um and also if you start getting like absolutely stomped, it takes less time for the game to end. Um and also because you don't have that that player feedback, you or rather you don't have that information given to you. You're not, you're not really striving too much to like, oh, we're like two points away or, or, oh, we're just behind or, oh, we just took the lead. Let's keep it up. Like, there's not any of that. You're just kind of trying your best at all times. And, and like, like that, uh, yes, but I think I, I think I want to care a little bit more. I'm not, I'm not yeah. a MOBA person. I am definitely not a MOBA person. I've played, I've played League of Legends. I played Dota and I played Heroes of the Storm. Um, I didn't get really good in any of those. Um, I never spent money on them. Um, I just and I very rarely played them on my own. I mostly played them with friends. Here's the storms were the only one I played on my own, um, and that was because it, it had a roster of characters that I recognized. Um, it gave you Overwatch skins, and it did give me Overwatch skins. That would have been the reason I installed it the first time. Um, yep. And it ha- like ages ago, it had a it had a cool cinematic when it launched. Um, Anyway, it like this is this one is like it's a very casual MOBA. It's you know it's it's Pokemon. Um, this is a franchise that is made for kids, um, and this game is made for those kids in mind because they're going to be able to play the game and like not give a shit at all. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's fine. Um, however, I would like just a little bit more information i don't even particularly want more depth i just want to know more about the game that is that i'm playing yeah you want to make some more informed decisions (laughs) yeah like you know say like if i am down by like 30 points you know i you you bet i'm gonna just focus on just trying to dunk as many as i can going Mm. back and forth in between a goal um or like shoring up your defense and making sure they don't sneak some points in when you're not there or something like that yeah, like I would love to know if one of my teammates had a ton of um, orbs that they hadn't dunked yet, because um, I can see that when when I get close to them, for example, yes. when I like like if if I'm if I'm walking past them, I can see how many they have. Um, but if there's like, say like an, like one of my teammates that's got like thirty orbs on the other side of the map, I'm gonna beeline there to make sure that they don't get ganked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just strange that they that they sort of hide some of that information from you. Um, also, another strange thing, which is less really, like, it's not a big deal, but, like, the fact that it doesn't have touchscreen support um, for, like, the menus at all is dumb because this game is coming out of mobile um, and the menu is kind of clunky. Uh, oh, and, and how about the number of menus, hey? Oh, my God. There are so many there are so many fucking weird, like, menus and me- menus, which, are, like, it feels like a mobile game on the Switch. Um, yeah. 
which is not good because mobile games tend to not feel good in the old user experience. Um, yeah. Especially with the amount of like event, reward, currency, battle pass, closet, all that stuff. Gotcha. Right? It's Yeah. 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 Um, um, speaking of all that stuff, are you familiar with some of the Reddit threads that were going around about the monetization for the game? Only loosely. Um, I didn't. I didn't look too hard into it because, like, I'm not one to spend money on that stuff. Sure. Basically, there were some economists, economist gamers who took to Reddit. So you know, take this with a grain of salt because it's Reddit. But there were some people who went to Reddit and they were like, "Hey, I'm pretty familiar with economies," or, or they they're a developer and they they make economies for their games as well, a mobile game developer. Now, like, looking at this economy, this game effectively has pay-to-win mechanics. So, you get held items, so items that your Pokemon hold, um, and the way you get those is from the gacha pools, basically. Um, I think it's from the gacha pools. Um, but it's, it, you get them from something that you can use premium currency on, hard currency, currency that you have to pay for, um... It is also the number the, the the held items become you can upgrade them and they become much more effective in the higher tiers, um, and they affect gameplay drastically. It's things like attack speed, attack damage, movement speed, defense, like healing on hit stuff like that. Like all of that is quite, um, it's stuff that can decide a battle or decide a match for you, and so that stuff can be. It can be schemed a bit with with real money, and because of that, it means the game's got pay to win mechanics. Um, they also said that it's been it, it's pretty weird because this is this is a children's game. This is a this is a Pokemon MOBA, which means basically it's a children's MOBA. They're being assaulted with so many different types of monetization. You've got the premium store where you can buy uh, skins for all your your Pokemon. You know they wear like like goggles on their head, which honestly is really cute. The skins look great, like. If I was gonna buy something, it might it might be in this game because they've done a great job with them. Um, and then it's also you need the currency for the gacha pools, and then there's uh, a battle pass. There's a couple of more ways that you could pay as well. They outlined in the thread. So um, yeah, it's been it's it's gonna be one that I play, and I'm I'm kind of glad to have a casual MOBA experience that I don't feel completely out of my depth in. And then I think I'm gonna bounce honestly because I'm not too keen to support it. For those reasons. Yeah, and, you know, especially because, like, this is a thing that Tencent is very known for. They are known for monetizing their games. Um, and, yeah, you know, like, marketing that to kids, ain't that ain't great. Yeah. Uh, you know, they already have a battle pass. They already, they already have a battle pass. Do that. I, don't, I, don't, I like battle passes. I mean, me too, but they are doing game. battle passes. But they're doing battle passes and a premium store and gotcha. Like, yeah, I know, and that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, like, you don't need to do that. Like, it's, you know, don't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not good. That's, 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 that's not great. Um, yeah. Another strange thing, not good, not bad, just strange. Um, the selection of Pokemon. Yeah, it is a it is a bit of an eclectic mix, isn't it? I mean, how do you pull from nine hundred and eighty fucking whatever Pokemon these days? Like, sure, sure, and like like that's that's a fair thing to say, but also the the the, the rock crab, what's it called, Crabble? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? They've got they've got some of the the surefire ones. Like they've got the Smash characters in there, right? Or well, some of them. They've got you know they've got Greninja, they've got Lucario, um, and then they've got Pikachu, your, your Pikachu Snorlax, Ivysaur, um, Charizard, Ivysaur, Charizard, Blastoise, um, and then yeah, you've got Crabble and you've got Eldegoss and Zero People and Garchomp, which I think is dope. Yeah, they do put in guard shop, which is great. D- Zara Aura, you know the the yellow cat. The Have legendary. you ever heard of that before? Yeah. Only that, like, only because it, it's a it's a legendary from Sword and Shield. Right. I look at that um, name and I look at it. I'm like Zaraura, Zaraura, Zaraura. Yeah, There's so I, many I, vowels I, I, next to each other. I've never said it correctly. Um, Marchomp as well. Um, they should put in. They should put in Darkrai. Darkrai. Darkrai is cool. Um, <laughs> Also, some of the evolution choices are strange. Like, you know, like we said, you can't evolve Pikachu into Raichu. Um, but also, uh, Lucario's pre-evolution is also not in that game, which is strange. Um, oh, that is interesting. And I guess it's the yeah. same with Snorlax. You don't play as Munchlax. Yeah, yeah. But you do play as Gibble, which turns into Marchop. Uh, sorry, Garachomp, which is which is strange. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just like a very odd mix of like, yeah, some of these and not some of these. Um, yeah. Oh, and the the yeah. cramorant, the the duck. Did no, you see that no. one? It's it's one you no. it's 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 a locked character that I think you have to you have to use the currency on. I did I played a match with the cramorant. That thing messes people up. It's just a duck, and it is so right. strong. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the game does not feel balanced at all at the moment. Um, there are like definitely stronger characters than others. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I remember I said to Ollie, I was like, I was we were doing a match, and I was like, oh, I just, I feel like I'm out, out, I'm out leveled, and I, and I don't know what to do to change anything. I don't feel like I could do anything to, to like, make it better for myself. And Ollie's like, yep, that's a MOBA. I'm like, oh, now what do I do? He said, uh, now you write swear words into your computer and go AFK. Like, oh, okay, now I get it. <laughs> also, the quick chat. Why is it on a fucking cooldown of four seconds? Oh, is it? Yeah, the fuck, the fuck's the point? It's not a quick chat then, it's a four second chat. It's probably so you don't get the Rocket League problem of, um, nice shot, nice shot, nice shot, nice shot. You know, the sort of, the pre-canned stuff that's like, it's nice, but it's absolutely toxic. (laughs) Yeah, I don't care, I don't care. Um, Um, Yeah, that's, that's Pokemon Unite. Yeah. I want to, I want to play it a few more times, I want to play with a few more people sometime as well, but, uh. Yeah, I'll be, yeah. um, I, I won't miss it if it goes, you know, <laughs> which it won't, but. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm having a bit more fun with it, um, as a, like, not a MOBA person. Like, I'm not, yeah. and I'm, I pro- probably never will be. Yeah, they're so complicated. Um, mm. do you want to take the next bit, or shall I? What do you want to do? Uh, I can talk a little bit about Ratchet Gladiator. Sure. Um, Played Ratchet Gladiator over the week. How good is that game, huh? That's yeah, fine. Oh, I love that game so much. I, I I wonder if you'd like it if you replayed it. Um, it's okay. So so over the past year, I've basically played almost every Ratchet and Clank game um, with my housemate. Uh, we've been through one, two, and three. We played a bunch of Size Matters before we realized that that game feels very bad now. Mm-hmm. Um, we played. Uh, Tools of Destruction, Crack in Time, and Quest for Booty. Um, 
and I, I have Into the Nexus next to me, um, which I th- we do plan on playing at some point, um, as well as Rift Apart. Um, but we just we, we just accidentally skipped Gladiator, um, just because we just like forgot about it. Um, yeah. And so we went back and played it, um, and we did about we did like about a third of, or a quarter, probably about a third of the game. Um, we got to the first like first big boss. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the one of the gladiators. Um, That's the, guns the name it. of the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, in some places for for you for you Yanks, yeah. it's called Deadlocked. Yeah. Crappy name. Gladiator is not a good name either. They're both just no, it's names. not. I, I yeah. as a twelve year old, I thought Deadlocked was was sick. <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's it. This game is edgy. Like this game is like as edgy as Ratchet Clank ever got, and it's like it doesn't it doesn't fit. Um, you don't have Clank. And that doesn't feel good. Give me Clank. <laughs> um, you got two bots who just are dumb characters. Mm-hmm. Crap. Um, yeah, they're no Zircons. No, they're not. Um, and the commentators, which I love, I do yes. very much love Dallas and Juanita. Juanita. Um, they have not nearly enough voice lines as they need for how much they talk. Um, uh, they do repeat themselves a bit, don't they? A whole lot. Oh boy, a whole lot. Um, same with the enemy, like the boss voice lines. They talk a lot and it's like they got three lines and they just keep <laughs> rotating you through them. Um, the the guns in this game suck. They are unmemorable as hell um, and like one of them feels good and the rest feel like fine. Like, But they're just like, they're just crappy versions of like the previous game's guns. Mm. Um I don't remember, like, I couldn't tell you a single name of the guns in that game. Um, name of the guns, no, but I, I could never do that anyway. Um, you tell me you couldn't you, remember the bouncer, or, like, you I already said Zircon. I couldn't have told Zircon, you the name of it. Or you already said Zircon. Um, yeah, that's fine, but I, I before playing Rift Apart, I wouldn't have been able to tell you what the name of the Apocalypse glove was. The glove of doom, thank you. Um, yeah, but when you upgrade it. Oh no! Then it becomes like Ages of Apocalypse or something, doesn't? I don't remember. Well, I don't it, remember. It changes. That's, it the, was that's like, the point. <laughs> sometimes it was the Glove of Doom, some, and then it turned into the Glove of Dread. Sometimes it was Agents of Doom that then turned into Agents of Dread. Um, uh, yeah, but like it's like th- this one. It's like I think I think they're called Viper pistols, and they're just yeah, like and they feel terrible, and they are weak as hell, and they are not fun to use. Um, the bomb gun is like a boring version of like the better bomb guns that are in the pre. It's like it's, and the sh- the shooting it's so geared towards being a a strafing third person shooter, um, and it makes the movement feel bad, like it makes like the platforming sections feel really crap, um, and the level design is like really boring too because the levels themselves are quite decent but they're so chopped up into these they into these missions up, yeah. and the, the, they don't they don't add anything to 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 the game when they're like that um and the vehicles the vehicle missions are fucking shithouse <laughs> they are so bad there's like the the walking tank thingy um and there's like the hover bike and they're both awful you're forgetting um, about the like vtol i like am forgetting about that there's a jet towards the end of the game that you fly. That one's sick. Great. Um, can't <laughs> wait. Oh, no, I did play it. That one feels just like the jet from 3. Um, there's a good chance they just grabbed those scripts and just brought them into the new one. Um, uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and it's it's, uh, it's 
I I am not liking it. It's like a, I would if like and I've played this through this game multiple times. The the story and the characters are funny. Um, the boss like like the the villain who a uh, Gleeman Vox who is the head of a a a twenty four seven gladiatorial television network. Um, all he cares about is money and merchandising. Um, he's mm. great. He's really funny. Um, Ace Hardlight, who is like the, yeah. who is who is meant to be like the wrestling hero that everybody loves, but he's basically a heel because everybody hates him. Yeah. Um, he's he's very easily easily hateable, and the the other the other annihilate. No, what are they? Exterminators. The other exterminators. Um, they are very funny. Um, one of them is called Shell Shock, and he's like a bad Arnie, but he's like a funny bad Arnie. Right. Uh, Arnie rather. Um. Like he's got like a like, I will exterminate like, and he will like literally say yeah, like, I right. will exterminate you. It's very silly. Um, and the other one, which is I think my favorite, is uh, Reactor, um, which his introduction is like a television ad for like the card game that is like not in the game, but like you know like, oh like, yeah, like go and get like your Ace Hard Light card games and like I've got Reactor and the kid plays it and like Reactor like bursts through the wall <laughs> and like shoots the kid who he's playing that's against right. and like blows him up and the guy's like that's awesome Reactor give me give me some skin and he goes to put out his hand for a high five and Reactor just like smashes him into a wall yeah. um it's real dumb and funny. But like Ratchet's really like angry in it, and not and, like in not in a like oh it's cool Ratchet's mad. It's like oh like they're just like it's like the difference between Jack One and Jack Two. It's like Jack One is like enjoyably fun, and then Jack Two is like the palace. We have to stop the who's the who's the villain in Jack and Next the two and three. Oh fuck! If I know, I never uh, remembered in two. Oh what the fuck! Praxis, Praxis, <laughs> like the, it, yeah, it's. Garbage. Um, the music is great, which is a shame because you don't hear it. So what I, I went into the sound settings because the fucking shooting in this game sounds fucking awful. Mm. Um, I turned this, I turned the the sound all the way down. And I turned the music all the way up and the dialogue up as well. Um, there's some fucking bangers in this game. I, I believe it. it. Like you don't hear it, um, <laughs> but like it's like like I was sitting there like just listening to this song and bobbing my head while my husband they're like bobbing his head as well like it's it's good um yeah. i have to point out how bad the ps3 version of this game is um oh you're not playing it on your ps2 no nah, no nah, I, I got the ps3 version that loads faster but like there's there's glitches everywhere um like cutscenes that like characters are out of sync every single cutscene has characters hitching and like oh. twitching to the left every four seconds um that's rough. It's really bad. Like the the render order for certain things is incorrect. Um, if you look at Glau, uh, Gal, Al's glasses, um, mm. you see through the back of his head. Oh. Um, there's graphical glitches everywhere. Like I was in the like in the dread zone arena, um, and like the the platforms that are supposed to come out of the ground to allow me to get to the next spot just didn't appear. So I had to kill myself and restart that mission. Um, it's a it's a it's a poor it's a poor version of that game. Well, uh, let me know if you want the disc. I, I grabbed my PS2 games from Mums the other day, so you let me know. I have I have the disc. My PS3 disc. My PS2 disc drive doesn't work anymore. Oh shit! That sucks. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'd have to, I'll, I'll, I can get a new one from Cash Converters for like $20 because um, they are everywhere and they are not expensive yet. Um, we, st- we still have to go through the, the PlayStation 1 gaining a lot of a lot of value before the before the PS2 ever will. Um, but like, yeah, I like I'd rather play it on the PS3 just for like the better looking version of that game, and it, like, and I can use a PS4 controller to play it then, and um, but and it loads much faster. But like, yeah, it's a, it's not a good version of that game. There's no yeah, good way to sucks. play that game really. That sucks. Yeah. Now, what else you got, buddy? Uh, played a little bit of Bravely Default too. Uh huh. As one does, uh-huh. um, when 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 inundated with other video games to play and and you know, working and other things, you decide, hey, I'm going to start playing Bravely Default too. You know, um, Ollie, I was playing Pokemon with Ollie, and Ollie said, "Oh, Jeremy bought Bravely Default too." I'm like, "Why did he do that?" And Ollie said, "Because it was on sale." I was like, oh, "I should have known the answer to that question." Yeah, <laughs> on sale for less than 50, 50 bucks, less than fifty bucks. 49 bucks. Um, I, I, so I'm very early in, but what I want to say is that game looks really cute. It is a stunning looking game. A lot of really good art in it. Um, it's kind of chibi well, style, right? Yeah, like the characters are chibi, but like the actual locations they're in, it's got like really great effects on it, really great depth of field, good bloom on the on the lights, um, just really nice little like vignette style locations that you walk around in. But the thing that I really like is the voice acting in this game. So I've only met five or so characters, but every single one of them has had a drastically different accent from a drastically different part of the world. That's I have cool. met My character is American. I have met a very posh British lady. I have met a guy that sounds like he's in a Shakespeare play. I have met a Scottish man named Elvis. I have met a Australian Chad Knight. Um, as well, which is great, huh? and he he's like good Australian accent too. It's not like okay, some good. crappy. Yeah, it's been really funny, um, and they're all talking to each other, and they all sound like they're from different corners of the planet. Um, it's been really really fun, um, especially when like I was introduced to Elvis, um, because I was like, uh, just I was just playing the game on the TV, and Master was next to me, and we were talking, and then it was just like, I like this like this thick Scottish accent and it's just like oh don't worry about us laddie and then he like looks up and he's like is that a Scottish accent and then the character repeat on screen and is it like hi my name's El- like my name's Elvis and I'm like is his name Elvis <laughs> like it's just like it just, just gets better and better um the music's really good too it's like it's really really uh charming it's a very charming game very generic mm. but like good generic like Dragon Quest um so I've been I've been I've been having a, a good time with it. Um and then they introduced me that two of the moves are bravely and default. <laughs> they sure are, buddy. They and sure like, are. Oh yeah. oh yeah, right, I forgot about that. And yeah, finally, Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm still playing that. Um or rather I was when my internet was working. Um <laughs> That game, uh I I am having a blast playing this game. Um it is like it, it maybe it's my MMO. Um, yeah, like like every like you know, every, the legend says everyone has their own MMO, and you have to go out and find it. Um, You're just waiting for the Bionicles MMO. Oh no, there already was one. Um, it it wasn't good. Um, MMO, yeah, kinda. It was like an MMO light. Um, 
yeah, it it is uh it is really really good. I'm I'm getting more and more comfortable like you know going to dungeons like choosing like not really choosing roles because I've only got one character still going at the moment. So I'm I'm only doing DPS, but like actually knowing what I'm doing when I'm in it and not just like following everybody um through the dungeon as, while everybody else knows how to do it. Yeah. Um and like this the story and the characters that is it's it's really good and fun when you when you take the time to like go through it it's um it's been a really good time um i have like thought about like you know changing jobs at some point to like try going to one of the melee based characters um or doing maybe like a like a healer um i I might not do that till i'm a bit further in the story that way i can go back and and sort of go back through areas that I that I have only been in very briefly, just for main story quests. Um, but following the main path is absolutely the way to play that game for the for anybody that would be that would consider playing it. Um, just do the main path. Don't worry about side stuff yet. Do the main path. It's the most compelling content um, for the time being, and it gets you there faster. So that when you want to go back and do the side stuff, it that side stuff is a lot more enjoyable. Um, and oftentimes as well for the big battles. Um, for dungeons and for like the public events um and other quests as well um they scale your level down to what it should be when it came out um which is not something that like a game like destiny does which i think it it needs um especially when doing stuff like when it was in the game when you would do the main story you would just melt everything basically and it wasn't a good way to play that game um because there was no challenge um but like they like they say, like oh, like level sync to like level twenty eight or whatever. While I'm level like thirty three, um, and it'll bring my level back down to level twenty eight. Um, and the skills that I would have had while I was level twenty eight, um, and you have to use like what you know to do it, as opposed to just like, hey, I'm strong as fuck. I'm just gonna hit the like fire two and just melt them. Um, and like that goes for being in the overworld as well. You can like you can uh, level sync with public events so that uh, that public event is scaled towards whatever zone you're in. Um, and so anybody that walks past also doesn't just come through and just destroy your public event. Um, it's really good. It's a really great way to do that um, to solve the difficulty problem in with like without just like rubber banding. Um, so yeah, it's it's really good. The music is as always. Fucking fantastic! I got a chocobo now. I, c- I can I can run real fast now. Uh-huh. It's great. Great. You need to play that game again. I've never bought it the first time. No, play that game. I'll play that. I saw this and buy. Um, uh, I like the idea of it. Uh, I like the idea of getting into it. And I, you know, obviously you hear the story is great. That'd be great to get into. But uh the time investment and how slow it starts off i'm i'm not very encouraged to and also like i've i got so many other games i feel like i should play as well like i still i don't know if i'm gonna go back to control but if i do then i've got control to go back to i've got red dead to beat i well i got the other games i'm going to talk about here as well like it's just it's similar to the ascent right where it's like it's not bad if i had nothing else to play i'd play it but i do have other things to play I, I will say I, I play this game when I don't know what to play. Um, mm. I, I comfortably, like, I, I, like, I just, like, zone out 
into this game. Like I'm like when I'm at my desk playing this game, I'm not actually at my desk. I'm just like melted in a chair. Um, You're in Aosia. Yes, but like I'm also like under blankets, and you know, like a cup of tea would be nearby. It's very much like a chill out sort of game. Um, and you know, like that's not to say that you know there are like th- there are genuinely like you know things that I have to think about while playing the game. But like it's it's got it's a great balance of it's not it's not incredibly intense at least yet. Like I haven't done any raids, and I'm sure those are a lot more like active. Um, and that's not to say that the that the, the 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 main part of the game is not active, but it's a it's a great game to play when you don't know what to play. Mm. I think it that doesn't necessarily work on my end because there have definitely been times where I am playing it and then I just get to like an hour in or an hour and a half in and I'm just like I think I'm done. Right. That's fair. <laughs> um and like getting past that when I like when I have the time to keep playing something and I've decided to stop anyway, it's usually not a great sign for it. Um but yeah, I like the idea of getting to know the story a bit better. So yeah. I'm not sure. I I doubt I'll get to it anytime soon, but I like the idea. <laughs> I, um, like the only thing I would say to maybe try and like uh, my my other reasoning to potentially to get you to consider playing again would be um you like you can play the entire game with a controller um and potentially sit on the couch and play it i think would be quite comfortable yeah i think that's my biggest hurdle right now is finding a good way to get pardon me my pc catalog onto my projector in the lounge room right Um, i'd play a bunch of things differently right now if i had that capability Mm. um like I reckon I'd have I'd have finished Red Dead months ago if I could do that. Right. Uh just got a couple of other things here. Speaking of what I've been playing in my spare time. Um Did you start Persona five? I sure did, buddy. Right, okay. So right now, obviously Persona sorry, five sorry, really quick. Persona five or Persona Five Royal? So on okay. PS five, uh on the PlayStation Plus collection, Persona five full stop, is there. Yes. And I've seen that and I've been like, oh, I should give that a go. Oh, but it's not Royal. It's not the full edition. So maybe I shouldn't even bother. And then uh, for the winter sale on PlayStation, I saw that uh, Persona 5 Royal, the deluxe edition, I think, is 60% off. Ooh, so that? you get some extra content um, and it goes down to about 45 bucks. Ooh, that's very for the tempting. Full, for the full game and some extra DLC. Now, it turns out all the DLC is basically just outfits for the new character they introduced in this one. Dope. Um, Great. But, cool. like, sure, whatever. That, yeah. That's what all the DLC is for that game, basically. It's just outfits for everyone. Um, uh, and so I, was, I, I, put, I put out a tweet, and I said, I'm, I'm wary of this game. Um, just of a few things I've heard firstly because it's Atlas and you know the last time we spoke about Atlas on the show was when we were talking about Catherine Fullbody um, which kind of made me never want to play that version of that game because um, whether inadvertently or not you know this random like kind of transphobic stuff in there it wasn't great right Atlas aren't known for their deft handling of delicate subject matter and yet they try to tackle all of it in every game every time anyway um, so I'm a bit wary of the game and I've heard it tackles some 
really uh, delicate and difficult subject matter in rough ways or in ways that deserve more thought and consideration. Um, and so all of that just makes me a bit, you know, a bit apprehensive to jump in. Um, yeah. But I put out a tweet and I was like, hey, I'm sort of feeling a bit apprehensive about this, but also P5R is on sale and I feel like if I'm going to give it a go, I should give it a go there. But also that's a lot of money if I'm not going to like the game. And then someone responded um, and said, why don't you just play the first few hours of the of the standard game and if you like it, get P5R and start over. I was like, that's a really good idea. I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> uh, and so I, I did do that. I, install, I installed Persona 5 and I played the first few hours. Um, uh, turns out I know some of that music really well already because like, the, I've got like a lo-fi games soundtrack playlist on Spotify and um, some of its music is already in there like almost untouched because some of it's just pretty chill already <laughs> yep yep the music um, in that game is really good but yeah it's really you like jazz um, yeah exactly right but yeah the the jazz soundtrack and the the art style the voice acting's pretty good and the um the animation's fine part of it i was noticing playing the standard version i had heard that like you only get uh visual updates to persona 5 by getting persona 5 royal they didn't update the standard game to have any ps5 or ps4 pro uh upgrades for it really so annoying yeah um or if they if the standard game does have a ps4 pro mode it's it's pretty limited um but p5r has got a bit more breadth like the better ui or better frame rate i can't quite remember which but yeah i was playing it i was like frame rate's a bit low i wouldn't mind this just being a little bit nicer um but yeah i played the first few days um it's a really weird story. <laughs> a really weird story off the bat. Like, you're this kid who, for all intents and purposes, doesn't seem to be that troublesome. But you, like, interrupted this guy being really, really nasty to a woman on the street one time. And she and he, like, falls over and sues you. And so now you're, like, on probation and you can go to jail and your parents send you away to this random school. And... Like, this cafe owner's looking after you and is like, wow, you're such a troublesome kid. Don't be late to school. And then <sighs> you go to school and and then you bump into this other kid and and then you find yourself in a palace and you get kidnapped by the gym teacher wearing a cloak and no other clothes. And then you awaken your persona and then you escape and then you go back. It's It's all really strange. And it's got that Catherine thing of... Oh, all the people, there are just randomly people in the world who are having episodes and are having fits and it means that trains are crashing and this is going wrong and it's like there's some global, mysterious catastrophe that's going on. So I can't wait to see how this, this group of teenagers solves the uh, solves that particular chestnut, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the style and the voice acting is compelling enough that uh, I did last night actually buy the game, um, oh. so I might I might start P5R when we finish this podcast and when I have some dinner, um, or I might play some more Kingdom Hearts two. Now I spoke about playing the start of it in one of our last episodes that isn't released yet, um, but basically I've played. Where are you up I'm, to now? I'm I'm Sora now, and I think we just left Yensid. 
and... No, it didn't just leave Yen Sid. I just finished Hollow Bastion, I think. And... Oh, okay, cool, right. Okay, that's like... You're in, the, you're in the beginning of the game now. Yeah, in the game. Oh, yeah, it's Hollow Bastion, and then they, they took you to a couple of other places, and then I think I landed... I flew the ship to a world, would and then I think Mulan. I saved and quit. I don't even remember which one it was. It, w- it would have either been Mulan or Beauty and the Beast. Ah, that's right, yes. Yeah. So Beast came in and didn't recognize Donald, Sora, and Goofy. And then I saved the yep. game and I quit. That's right. Uh, uh, so I'm feeling, a, I'm feeling better and worse about the game in different ways than when I played it last time. Okay. Last time, brief recap, I'm I was very a bit interested like, to hear your thoughts. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, last time I was a bit like... I'd only played half an hour and I was like, oh, they want me to do like chores. It's really boring. So I basically, I played through most of the entire game since then. Most of the entire intro since then, pardon me. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and so I was I was kind of arcing up at the being reminded of all the Kingdom Hearts 1 stuff um, when playing through at the start last time and being like, <laughs> it's just, I, I don't like that first game story, I think, at all. I, I don't think I like it at all. And getting those flashbacks and all those memories and looking and being reminded of it, I was just like, oh. And then, like, because you're playing as Roxas, right? But then he gets these Sora flashbacks, and I haven't had any exposure to Donald or Goofy in, like, 40 minutes, and then all of a sudden I hear, we have to fight a kingdom! I can't do a, I can't do a Donald voice, but, like, or, like, a, oh, good! <laughs> Exactly. And it's like, oh, Gorge, looks like the Heartless have taken over the Hollow Bastion. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> because the the opening of the game is so... It's so basically just Final Fantasy. There's not that much Disney stuff in there. Then it kind of just got, like, rammed into... It was, it was like Whiplash. It was like, oh, that's right. I'm not playing... Remember? I'm not playing a kid's Final <laughs> Fantasy. I'm playing this weird, not Final Fantasy, not Disney game. Um, yep. And by the yep. once, so basically, I got to the end of the Roxas bit, and I actually started getting interested with the like, oh, he starts regaining his memories, and he's really angry, and he's got two keyblades that's really sick, and and he fights Axel, who's got cool hair, and they've got some history, and and Christopher Lee's there, and his voice is great, and and oh, then they so f- good, his voice is and, so good throughout this entire game. Yeah, it's great. And then Roxas finds Sora. And then all of a sudden, Roxas is gone, and Sora and Donald and Goofy are awake, and they're like, "Whoa, wow, we're we're asleep, but we're so optimistic and chirpy because we're friends, and we have friendship, and friendship is the da 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 da." And I'm, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm just like, ah, back to King H one, baby. <laughs> like, like all of the setup, and I know they'll come back around to it in like forty hours, but all of this, the setup, I was just starting to buy into. They got, like yank it away from me, and all of a sudden, I, I, I'm just like, oh fuck. <laughs> so I, so you know, Sora Ro- comes out of this mansion, and they and they start talking to all of Roxas's friends, and they're like, oh weird, I feel like I know you. We better go say bye to these people who we just met three minutes ago. I, I don't feel like I'm going to come back to Twilight Town. It's like, why do you care? You don't know this place. You've been you've been you asleep for like eighteen months. Times. Pardon. And also, you can go back to Twilight Town whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. but the first thing that happened when we come Sora, I'm like, where's Roxas? They didn't explain anything. He's just gone. And it was, I was so frustrated. Um, however, the gameplay feels better once you get to Sora's section. 
you've got Donald and Goofy who are fighting alongside Ooh, yeah. you, and you you finally get all the menu stuff, so you can start equipping items, and and then you get your drive forms or whatever it's called, where Sora can turn red and use two keyblades. That's sick. But like, it's 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 real cool. You get a bunch of different forms in this game as well. Um, I they figured all, they've all got different um, like different uses. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't know if you noticed. I actually didn't notice this for um, for a good long while when I first played it. But when you're in uh, Valor form, which is the first one you get, yeah. Um, Goofy Goofy leaves your party because you're basically infusing him in like into you. They did say um, that you lose party members when you're in the drive forms. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, there's one for Goofy, there's one for Donald, there's one for both, and then there's a couple of other extra ones as well, which you'll get to if you keep playing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was weird. So, as soon as we hit the Disney stuff, I'm like, kind of just wish I was playing a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> like, well, where the story would be more cohesive. And and the other thing is, you know, we get to Yen Sid and we get to the, the Fairy Godmothers and... I'm like, who are these people? And Sam's like, oh, that those are the fairy godmothers, and that's from Snow White, and that's from oh, Yensu, that's from Fantasia. I'm like, okay, so like Sam's enjoying it because Sam knows all the touchstones. But I'm looking at this, and I'm like, oh, so that looks like Mulan. I think I saw Mulan once when I was six, and I don't remember it. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, I'm actually, really? yeah, really, Beauty and the Beast, I'm quite familiar with. And then I'm thinking back, I'm like, I don't remember Tarzan. I've definitely watched The Little Mermaid, but I don't remember it. Uh, saw Aladdin, but it reminded me, it just, for all of these classic Disney animations, I have next to no fondness for them. I'm not really that familiar with most of them. Um, which is, I think that's a big part of why I don't gel with this, because as soon as I'm in those Disney sections, I'm like, why am I here? I don't want to be here. Why am I in, like, Alice in Wonderland land? Like, like... Take me somewhere else that I enjoy better, faster, please. And then I don't, because I'm not that familiar with Hercules or anything like that. So, you know, that's not necessarily a Kingdom Hearts problem. It's a it's a kid's game made to pull on Disney heartstrings, but also have some edgy Final Fantasy story. Like, they pull that that particular mission statement off, but it doesn't sit that well with me sometimes. You mentioned that you don't have much of a fondness for, like... The Disney properties, for example. Um, yeah, I, not that I hate them, but just that I'm really not that familiar with them. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, not a huge problem at all. Um, the, like, I think, I, I think as far as them bringing those into the story, that like, I think they do a pretty decent job of, of like, towing that line between, like, it's, 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 it's a game with many, many Disney characters in it, but it's not like a, it's not a Disney game. Um, which I th- which I think is quite good because it's still like a pretty decent like Square Enix JRPG, um, and especially because I was thinking about this in comparison to some other like other JRPGs like Xenoblade and even Final Fantasy. Um, this game doesn't actually have side quests. Um, mm. Another is the first, which I thought was actually kind of interesting, considering that this game is just like, it's a it's linear. It is a yeah. you go from the beginning to end. Um, there is like optional content to do, but like. For the most part, it's like you just go through the story the same way everyone else does, which which is kind of interesting. Um, this weird fucked up story, man. <laughs> um, uh, and the good news about two is that all the world, all the worlds that are bad in one, um, don't come back. Um, uh, like the Alice in Wonderland world, not in two. Um, Tarzan, not in two. Um, 
and the uh, Little Mermaid world um, optional, um, which is good because the underwater controls were very bad in Kingdom Hearts 1 to the point where Kingdom Hearts 2's Little Mermaid world is just the songs um, <laughs> in a rhythm game. In a, in a rhythm game that is entirely optional. Um, so, like, when you get to that part of the game, if you see the Little Mermaid and you're like, I don't want to do that. That um, is good to know. Uh, also, but, like, I think the thing that's interesting to me about these games as a, like, a meta thing to look at is even back then, the, 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 the Disney properties that they've chosen for these games, they're not the big ones. Or rather, they weren't the big ones, at least when these games came out, right? They're not like, contemporary, are they? They were never... Like, the, like the most contemporary thing in Kingdom Hearts 2, I- between 1 and 2, honestly, was Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, and then, what, maybe Aladdin before that, and Beauty and the Beast. I mean, Aladdin, those were 90s. Like, you know, uh, Mulan as well, 90s. Um, yep. uh, Hercules, 90s as well. Now, to um, be fair, of course it's going to be 90s because, like, didn't Kingdom Hearts 1 come out in, like, 2002? <laughs> like, there weren't that many years after the 90s that this game could have come out in. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 came out in 2000... Uh, 2002, sure. Yeah, no, it, it did. But, like, they weren't, like, you know, there was still, um, like, you know, Toy Story. Um and especially, especially Kingdom Hearts 2. I think Kingdom Hearts 2 is where, like, they really, like, they really double down on the things that are, like, n- definitely not contemporary. Kingdom Hearts 2 is 2005, right? Like, Disney Properties 2005 included Finding Nemo, um, Incredibles, I want to say, as well. Um, yeah, maybe the year before, but around there. Bugs Life. Um, like that one's that 90s. T- no. no, no I think so. Surely not. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> what was it? 99? 98? 98. Yeah. Um, that movie's got David Hyde beers. Um, yeah. And so like, but you know, like they put, they put Tron in Kingdom Hearts 2, right? Like really? the original. Yeah. Tron is in Kingdom Hearts. That was Holy my first shit. exposure to Tron. Oh my God. Um, and now know, here put, we are. They put the Lion King you know, like these were not like the contemporary Disney products, which I think is very interesting. And like, it's it's interesting to look at that and then look at Kingdom Hearts 3, which is very much like Big Hero 6, Frozen, Monsters, Inc. Like around the time Monsters University was coming out. Um, uh, there, there was Pirates of the Caribbean, which is strange because that wasn't contemporary at that time. Um, especially because it's, it's adapting Pirates of the Caribbean 3 um, when that game came out three years ago. Um, and there's a couple of other things in there, like, and they, like, you could tell that it was very much like a Disney being like, you can choose from this selection. Um, (laughs) whereas back, back then it was Disney going, Hey, if you want to bring in Yen Sid, you know, fucking go nuts. The character from Fantasia. Uh, So out of, so out of place. So out of place in the, like his eyes look they animate so weirdly in this game. I mean, it's a PS2 game. Yeah. Uh Jeremy, I think for the most part they do a great job at adapting 2D cartoons into a 3D space, which is not easy to do. Yeah, sure. I Yeah. It just if you're asking me to spend like a dozen hours in this kooky fucked up world, 
Like, I gotta be in for the ride. And right now I'm not. You know, I'm that's just that, not like, in that, for the that's ride. That's fair. And that's what happened with the first one, right? I got stuck in Wonderland land and I was like, fuck this. And I'm just, I'm just gonna watch the cutscenes. I just want to know about this this fucked up story that everyone keeps talking to me about. Like, I'll say at a minimum, at least two plays fun. Yeah, it um, definitely plays better. Um, definitely better. And, like, like one one feels, like, rough. Um, it, like, it, you know, me as someone who's played that game multiple times, like, I, I, like I think I've said in the past, I play the game. Um, not, like, I don't play by its rules. I know how to, like... like right, right, right. Games. Yeah. Whereas, like, play around like, the game. Yeah, like, whereas 2 is, like... Like the game is like the game still feels real solid, um, especially for a game that came out in like two thousand and five or whatever. Um, mm. Like and like the the movement and stuff, you know, like you get more abilities that like allow you to do more movement stuff, which is fun. Um, and then when you're like mixing up other abilities, like it's it, it's it's a more streamlined version of one, but it's also like it, it it's got more depth and and better better additions. Yep. Which is which is which is cool. Um, if you enjoyed the Roxas stuff, the Roxas stuff, um, there's a there's a there's about three Disney worlds before that stuff will pop up again. Um, but you will have like you will slowly get introduced to the villains, um, which is directly tied to that stuff. And the villains in this game are really fun and not just like not just Ansem yelling about darkness. Um, like th- there are there are multiple villains and they are genuine characters which are which are fun to to watch. Um, so I, if, if you can, if you can find the, if you can find yourself getting into that stuff, um, then like that'll, hopefully that will be enough. Um, but if you see that stuff and you don't like enjoy it, then like, I, I, I would say don't bother continuing. Um, cause you're just like, you're just not gonna have the, like, you're just not gonna have a great time if you're not, if you're not into the Disney stuff at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so much of the game. That's right. We'll see what happens next, but. Yeah, that's the that's the Kingdom Hearts update. <laughs> How good's Christopher Lee though? Christopher Lee's he's in that game a bunch. Christopher Lee's great. Mm. He's uh he's not alive anymore, which is sad. He's not. He was one of the multiple Disney, uh, multiple characters in Kingdom Hearts franchise who were old actors who died. Uh, y- yes. There's, there's a list of four that died in like four years. Leonard Nimoy, Rutger Hauer. Disney. Uh, sorry, Kingdom Hearts, sorry. Oh, Kingdom Hearts, right. Wait. Yeah, sorry, King, Kingdom Hearts. Was right, okay. I understand. A lot of uh, them died really quick. Someone Some of them who, playing the same character. <laughs> someone who's who's in Kingdom Hearts 2 who isn't dead, though, is Zach Braff, which I was pleased to read about in his biography the other day. Yeah, he's Chicken Little. He sure is. Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a summon. That's a... Uh, it's not a world. To that section, it's not a world. It's just a summon. Like you can summon him into into your fight, um, and he'll do like the, "Hey, Sora," and then like that. That'll be it. He's got like Take two lines. Back. Take me back to, to the, uh, to Scrubs. I'll think about. I'll think happy thoughts. Have you seen Chicken Little? No. I don't watch it. It's not good. I'm not going to. I have no plans to. Yeah, yeah that, that, <laughs> that, that's that's like a bad movie. Yeah, I, I could tell when it came out when I was 10. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know it's bad. When you're a kid and you can tell it's bad, that's how you yeah, know the movie's not good. Exactly. 
Uh, we're going to take a break now. Um, no question corner this week, uh, but we'll talk about the news when we come back. And, and when we come... Uh, right, cool. Love we'll it. be right, right back. We'll talk to you very soon. <laughs> Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. I've had some iced tea, which is really just another word for juice. Sugar water. Sugar and... Water. 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 How are you, Jeremy? You going well after our break? Mm, I had saladas. Yeah, I had sugar water and, and you... I had sugar water and you had salty, salty cracker. Salty crackers. Wash it down with a nice, tasty bottle of water. <laughs> what do you mean I haven't had dinner yet? Yeah. What do you mean I, I came I home had... early so I could have dinner? Well, not early. Well, what do you mean I came home one time so I could eat dinner and then decided to take apart a different computer instead? I uh, I had a late lunch, but yes, I'm also feeling the uh, the hunger. So uh, let, let's kick on. Uh, the second half of the show here, this is not going to be pleasant. Uh, we are going to talk about the lawsuit filed against Activision Blizzard um, this last week and the number of... Uh, other allegations and fallout and responses to this that have happened in the last few days following this, uh, this lawsuit filing. Um, but so, so full content warning for harassment, assault, sexual harassment, suicide, uh, or yeah. every, every, every awful thing under the sun. Did you say sexual assault? Sexual, sexual assault and harassment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, without without further ado, let's get let's get into it. There's a bit of um bit of groundwork to lay, and then we'll have a discussion about it as well. So, uh, for the sum up of what happened that sort of kicked this whole whole thing up, kicked this whole thing off. Rather, I'm going to GamesIndustry.biz, reading Marie D'Alessandri's article posted last Thursday, uh, titled "Lawsuit Filed Against Activision Blizzard for Harassment and Discrimination Against Women." Uh, the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing has filed a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard for, quote, violations of the state's civil rights and equal pay laws, unquote, regarding its treatment of women. The lawsuit is the result of a two-year investigation into the studio by the state agency, Bloomberg reported, and describes Activision Blizzard's alleged, quote, frat boy, unquote, culture, a, quote, breeding ground for harassment and discrimination against women. The lawsuit describes an atmosphere where women have to, quote, continually fend off unwanted sexual comments and advances by their male co-workers, unquote, and uh, being groped, which is another quote, at what the document describes as, quote, cube crawls. In the office, women are subjected to cube crawls in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through various cubicles in the office and often engage in inappropriate behavior towards female employees. The lawsuit reads... Quote, male employees proudly come into work hungover, play video games for long periods of time during work while delegating their responsibilities to female employees, engaging in banter about their sexual encounters, talk openly about female bodies, and joke about rape. The document goes on explaining the tragic consequences of this alleged constant sexual harassment, with a female employee dying by suicide, quote, during a business trip with a male supervisor who had brought butt plugs and lubricant with him. The DFEH reports that numerous complaints were made to HR and management, including to Blizzard Entertainment's J. Allen Brack, to no avail. 
Quote, employees were further discouraged from complaining as human resource personnel were known to be close to alleged harassers, the lawsuit says. Quote, as a result of these complaints, female employees were subjected to retaliation, including but not limited to being deprived of work on projects, unwillingly transferred to different units, and selected for layoffs, unquote. The lawsuit also highlights a pay gap between genders across all roles and seniority levels. Quote, these discriminatory practices began at higher when women were offered lower compensation and less lucrative job assignments and opportunities than their male counterparts, the document reads. Uh, there's a bit of a breakdown in terms of who earns what for how much. I'm just going to break over that. Let's skip over that here to keep going. Uh, it continues, the lawsuit also says that women at Activision Blizzard have to, quote, work harder and longer, unquote, to earn promotions and be given the same opportunities as their male counterparts. Gamesindustry.biz reached out to Activision Blizzard for comment with a spokesperson denying all the accusations from the DFEH lawsuit and saying it is, quote, not the Blizzard workplace of today. The DFEH includes distorted and in many cases false descriptions of Blizzard's past, they said. Quote, we have been extremely cooperative with the DFEH throughout their investigation, including providing them with extensive data and ample documentation, but they refused to inform us of what issues they perceived. They were required by law to adequately investigate and to have good faith discussions with us to better understand and to resolve any claims or concerns before going to litigation, but they failed to do so. Unquote. They went on saying that the, quote, inaccurate complaint was rushed and condemned, the reprehensible conduct of the DFEH to drag... It was rushed... Oh, hang on. They went on, they went on saying that the inaccurate complaint was, quote, rushed and condemned, quote, the reprehensible conduct of the DFEH to drag into the complaint the tragic suicide of an employee whose passing has no bearing whatsoever on this case. Um, they yeah, go with yeah, the, right. Yeah, exactly. So the, 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 the rebuttal, their official statement goes on in a similar fashion, um, saying they have taken efforts to make the company of a more equal workplace, people must undergo regular anti-harassment training, and they sort of finish it off with this, quote, We are confident in our ability to demonstrate our practices as an equal opportunity employer that fosters a supportive, diverse, and inclusive workplace for our people, and we are committed to continuing this effort in the years to come. It is a shame that the DFEH did not want to engage with us on what they thought they were seeing in their investigation. So that's the end of the sort of the, 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 the thing that kicked the hornet's nest here. Um, and, you know, just off the start, there's, there's a couple of, there's a, there, well, there's more than a couple. There's there's kind of dozens of terrible things that happen. Um, there's a number of details that aren't in this sort of kickoff about specifics of the um, things happening at uh, Activision Blizzard. Um, they named one one uh, higher up who was on the World of Warcraft team in Blizzard, uh, who whose office was nicknamed like the the Crosby Suite or something as like a misspelt reference to. Bill Cosby, because basically the guy was so creepy that that most women who walked in there were expected to be, uh, you know, made uncomfortable, harassed, or um, who knows what. It like to 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 nickname a place like that is not it's not good. Um, but also on top of that, uh, the the response from Activision Blizzard is quite cold, um, quite uh, unrelenting in its. Um, in its stance and it, and it comes out in a way that really uh, is kind of insulting to the people who have come forward 
since this article has come out, since this has all come out, um, since the filing has come out, and it, it, it really doesn't give their employees uh, the credit to have their own um, opinions. It just kind of says, this is all baseless. This is all uh, unfactual. And, and, it, and it's quite... It's quite upsetting, but um, yeah, Jeremy, do you have anything to say on this one, or do you want to get through more of the uh, the details here? I mean, look, it's like the, uh, for a little bit of context, um, this department that is suing Blizzard Activision is the same uh, department that um, uh, uh, dealt with Riot in terms of their um, their internal harassment um, that was going on over there um, about. I want to say like eighteen months ago, or a year, a bit, bit more than that. Um, more than that, like potentially three years ago. That's when a lot of the crunch stuff started coming out, and a mm. lot of that that second Me Too movement that started happening in the games industry was around when Red Dead Two came out. So about three years ago now. Well, well I want to say the I want to say the riot stuff was after because the riot stuff was specifically done by the state of California. Um, but like that was that that was after some reporting at Polygon as well. Um, or yeah. ooh, was, Polygon or Kotaku. It was one of the two. I don't quite remember which one it was at the time, um, but it was it was it was it was massive. It was massive. And what happened was uh, the state of California ended up um, getting right to actually pay out some of their employees, um, which you know at the end of the day for a company like Riot that's a slap on the wrist because they make many 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 millions of dollars and I think they were only ordered to pay out like five or nine. Um, which you know, like, don't get me wrong, that's not a small amount of money, um, but like, it, it, it that wasn't enough. Um, uh, from the outside, it looks like at least Riot have been doing some uh, a, d- a decent job of hiring and hopefully changing some of their culture in terms of the people that they've been hiring over the past six months. From the outside, at least. Um, I feel like these would be people who they've hired that wouldn't join a company like this if it hadn't changed um in some regard um i don't know i don't work at riot i'm not going to pretend that i know what's happening inside that company but from the outside that's something to consider yep um activision blizzard as a whole it's a it's a much bigger fish um this is a this is a billion dollar company this is a multi-billion dollar company um yeah like this is one of if not the biggest sort of as a group company in in games yeah like top three probably right like aside from i guess the console developing the developer companies it's definitely top three aside from the consoles and then maybe tencent (laughs) yeah like i like you know activision blizzard as big as valve right like you know bigger than ubisoft um Ubisoft another, um, very you know, over the past twelve months, many 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 accusations about se- sexual harassment, um, uh, and I believe assault as well. Um, awful working conditions over there, mm. especially for women in many aspects of Ubisoft. Um, a different story coming out of then, coming out of them um, since those stories, um, where they've been bleeding talent over and over and over again, people leaving. Um, and from what I can gather, I have not done any reporting myself, but from what I can gather from what other people in the know have said, uh, things have not really gotten better over there. Yep. Um, yep. And that's what happens when uh, the owners of the company are a family 
um, you know, they're not going to clean house on their own brothers, right? Um, so, yeah. you know, when it's when it's something like that is rotten to the core, um, there's not a whole lot you can do aside from tear, tear down the whole ship. Yep. Uh, Activision Blizzard is a big company um, run by many billionaires, um, <laughs> if not hundred, if not like hundred millionaires. Um, like there have been like uh, I I don't think we, we included some of them, but there have been statements from um, ex leads of the company, um, people who like uh, head like heads of the company and people who have left the company. Um, I don't feel the need to read most of those out because um, a lot of them are terrible um, and just try and absolve themselves and are extraordinarily um, trying to save face when it is entirely their fault, entirely their responsibility. And mm. when it's that rotten, um, it's not an accident. This stuff doesn't go in a vacuum. It's by design. Um, this was an intentional thing that they had put in place because you don't accidentally harass co-workers. You don't accidentally create a culture that allows harassment yeah. and I assault to grow and... You don't, you don't accidentally way. protect harassers, right? Like No, not at all. Like if you decide not to strictly and quickly like admonish any poor behavior followed by whatever like necessary steps need to be followed, followed by their departure. Like if you're not taking those steps, if it's something like, "Oh, we had a 30-minute discussion" or or they had to do a day of training or Something like that where they're not taken, where abuses, alleged abuses aren't taken away from their positions of power. Um, you are fostering that that behavior and that environment to continue to grow and become nasty for all of the people who are meant to look to these people for leadership and guidance. Um, yeah, it's a real dereliction of duty and it's quite abhorrent, really. Mm, yeah. Um, so... Uh, following on from this, uh, a couple of days later, there was a big... Uh, this was just uh, yesterday or the day before, it looks like. There was a a, an, a group statement signed yes. by uh, employees um, from Activision Blizzard. Um, I think there were, what, more than a thousand? More than a thousand people who'd signed the email? Yeah. More than 800 employees at the time of this article um, that I've got here. The one I've got here from two days ago says over a thousand um, Activision Blizzard employees signed a letter condemning company's response to allegations. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to read the letter. This is, I've got this from uh, from Waypoint. The article is called Activision Blizzard employees say they don't trust the company to keep them safe. This is from Patrick Klepik. He's always doing great work. Um, I'm basically just going to read the bottom of it though, which is the full letter um, as the, the above is mostly, um, the above is mostly, Details that we've just recently discussed. So the the letter in full is, uh, well, it is this. To the leaders of Activision Blizzard, we, the undersigned, agree that the statements from Activision Blizzard Inc. and their legal counsel regarding the DFEH lawsuit, as well as the subsequent internal statement from Francis Townsend, who is a very high up manager in the position for context, are abhorrent and insulting to all that, that we believe our company should stand for. To put it clearly and unequivocally, our values as employees are not accurately reflect reflected in the words and actions of our leadership. 
We believe these statements have damaged our ongoing quest for equality inside and outside of our industry. Categorizing the claims that have been made as, quote, distorted and in many cases false, unquote, creates a company atmosphere that disbelieves victims. It also casts doubt on our organization's ability to hold abusers accountable for their actions and foster a safe environment for victims to come forward in the future. These statements make it clear that our leadership is not putting our values first. Immediate corrections are needed from the highest levels, the highest level of our organization. Our company executives have claimed that actions will be taken to protect us, but in the face of legal action and the troubling official responses that followed, we no longer trust that our leaders will place employee safety above their own interests. To claim this is a, quote, truly meritless and irresponsible lawsuit, unquote, while seeing so many current and former employees speak out about their own experiences regarding harassment and abuse is simply unacceptable. We call for official statements that recognize the seriousness of these allegations and demonstrate compassion for victims of harassment and assault. We call on Frances Townsend to stand by her word to step down as executive sponsor of the ABK Employee Women's Network as a result of the damaging nature of her statement. We call on the executive leadership team to work with us on new and meaningful efforts that ensure employees, as well as our community, have a safe place to speak out and come forward. We stand with all our friends, teammates, and colleagues, as well as the members of our dedicated community who have experienced mistreatment or harassment of any kind. We will not be silenced, we will not stand aside, and we will not give up until the company we love is a workplace we can all feel proud to be a part of again. We will be the change. So it's a very powerful letter. Um, and I, I'm heartened that so many of the staff felt comfortable to sign it and put their names to such a strong uh, statement. Um, yeah. You know, it's the kind of thing where it's like, if there had been quiet, I think that would have been kind of like really upsetting. You know what I mean? If, if this had all come out and you'd seen, you know, people on Twitter coming out with their own uh, personal recollections and, and anecdotes about all of this mistreatment. And if we'd heard not much in terms of an official response from employees, I feel, I, I feel like that would have been quite disheartening in terms of a, I want to hear this angle. I want to hear from the people and I worry that they're being silenced or that they don't feel safe to speak. Um, so I'm glad that this letter is, is here. Yeah. I, like it's a, it's a, it's a sign of solidarity between everybody that works there that has signed it. Um, which, which is, which is great because, you know, like, the, the 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 folks that have been the 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 targets the victims of of this of of these awful things happening inside this workplace is you know more often than not they're going to be the ones that are in the, the in the most vulnerable situations um they're the ones with the least amount of power um more often than not they are women they are people of color um they are like you know um, they might be transgender they they they're just going to be like people that are more that are in the, in uh, minorities, and that is like th- they are the ones with the least amount of protection when stuff like this happens. Um, yep. And so, this is a uh, you know it's a it's a very good sign of solidarity. Um, they should consider forming a union. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, this this is this is what that is. This is that you know organized labor um you know working class working together 
um, to make sure that they are protected against uh, the ruling class is literally what that stuff is. Um, yep. And, you know, like, I'm, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm not saying unions stop abuse and I'm not saying that unions stop harassment, but what it does is it allows you to come together. It allows you to share these stories, especially for things like, you know, um, the, 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 uses, the, the use of um, not giving some of these victims um, uh, pay increases or promotions. Um, I, I, I remember reading a story that there was a, there was a woman who was in a marketing role and she was using it. She was running a campaign that was making more money than any of the other men that were in the same position as her. Um, and her like marketing campaigns were doing better than, than than all the others around her. And they were still promoting the men around her. Yeah. Um. And and not her because um, she was a woman. And like at that point, it's not even about the money, is it? Because she's making more for them than these dudes were. And, like, you know, at that point, it's about power. At that point, it is about, uh, you know, like, control, oppression. Um, and that's capitalism, baby. Um, yeah. And, you know, so when, you know, when you have a union, you're allowed to, you know, like, you are more comfortable talking about what's happening at the workplace. Why are these, uh, wh- why is this... Uh, wh- why are the inequalities happening here? Why are the injustices happening here? Um, and it allows you to have a seat at the table. Um, the fact that they had to go out of their way and write a letter saying, hey, this company's put out statements that we don't agree with um, and don't uh, don't represent how we feel as employees at this company. They had to do that because the company was allowed to put out a letter written by the bosses. Um mm. You know, like, and because they don't have a seat at the table. Um, yeah. You know, like, obviously, solidarity with everybody that has signed it, and, like, we're going to get into the walkouts in a moment. But, like, it, it's, you know, th- I would love, I would love it if this, you know, if if some silver lining could come out of this, that, you know, it, it made them kick a union into gear. Um, yeah. Because this is a huge company. This is a real big company. And if, you know, if a company like this had its own union... Or at least they all joined like a, a a pre-existing union that allowed the 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 concept of game developers unionizing to be more of a mainstream idea. Um, that could be a really good force for good. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's stories like this that show that they that the industry maybe needs it to protect its developers. I mean, how, you know, you see Long all overdue. these stories come out. Pardon? Long overdue. Absolutely. Like you, like, I mean, how many times have we covered stories like this over the last three years, Jeremy? And like, especially in, in 2018, when it was, it was week after week after week, right. Of crunch allegations, assault allegations. It's, it, it, it's happened so many times and you, you really have to start wondering, or rather you don't have to wonder why, when this stuff starts happening, you start seeing people in the industry say, I'm out. I've got an offer to go do something else at a company that I trust more than any other company I've worked for. Yeah. And, you know, big ups to all the people I respect in the industry and I, and I love games and I love the people. Like you see so many things like that, but where people are just like, I'm out like this, this, this isn't, there are so many times where people find that the trouble they have to go through 
to be an active participant of the game's development community is the, the, the trouble is far, far worse than the, any benefits that they may receive. Like, like if you're a, if you're a forward facing, um, uh, presence in the industry and you happen to be a woman, like half of the, um, half of the correspondence you have with any fans or any, any of your communities or something like that is going to be from people who don't believe that you're a real gamer because of some sexist bullshit. Um, like, I, I, you know, you and I, Jeremy, are very fortunate we don't have to deal with that crap just because of how we were born. It's, it's absolute fucking shit. And I, I wish it weren't a thing. Um, yeah, yeah. anyway. <laughs> and, you know, like, and, uh, like, a lot of this is also, um, you know, when, when the stories come out like this, it, you know, it, 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 yeah, like, the, you know, like the the burnout rate for the games industry is very very low. I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. The burnout age is is what I meant to say. The the age of of people burning out of an industry is incredibly incredibly low, especially for um, a creative industry that is games. Um, mm. And more often than not, that's because people enter the industry for the love of video games, love of making them. Um, you know, it's the reason we're still doing this. Um, and it 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 is. Oftentimes, weaponized, commodified for people. People like to use people's love for the industry as Mm -hmm. a reason why they should do overtime, do crunch, you know, like, and and that also falls in line with the idea of you know, like, our company is like a family. Um, Our studio, everybody here, we're like one big family. And look, I can understand that you want to say you're close with your coworkers, you can be best friends with all of your coworkers, but that specific style of, of of managing a workplace can become incredibly harmful because you don't want to, you know, if anybody that has family members that might that you might disagree with or not quite get along with, you know, you know how awkward it can be when you have to bring up something that you don't want to bring up with them. Um and so you might just not bring it up, you know. I'm sure most people listening have some family members that there are certain topics with their some some of their family members they just don't bring up because it's yeah. not worth it. Because um, you just know you're just going to disagree, you might end up in an argument, and no one's going to be happy by the end of it. Um, but the thing is, with a family member, you know, I'll, I'll, when you get older, you can not live with them, um, and you can have those conversations where you're like, I don't want to talk about this. But in a workplace a lot of the time it's you don't want to bring up things because you don't want to rock the boat when you should be able to bring up things at a workplace because a workplace needs to be able to change because mm. it people's livelihoods depend depend on it um and sometimes people's safety depends on it um and when you are in a place that you know you don't want to like oh like we don't want to really bring up you know everybody's salary because some people might not get not happy like that's total bullshit salaries should be so transparent so everybody knows what everybody else is making so no one does get no one feels like they're getting shafted right um and you know the same goes the other way as well when you know for example a lot of these stories start coming out and uh i've I've noticed that like some outlets have mentioned that they are not going to be covering blizzard activision games um for a while at least um 
which I think is a, a good sign of solidarity on them, especially outlets that have larger audiences. Um, and, you know, I don't ever recommend it, but occasionally go in the comments. Um, and you see people complaining that, like, oh, like, well, I'm not going to have any stories about, you know, the new Call of Duty or whatever. And one, that's a very entitled point of view. Um, but two, it, a lot of the time, you know, if, if, if a game costs, you know, this, like, level of harm towards somebody else, um, then that, that game doesn't deserve to get made. Totally. Um, Who cares about your Call of Duty news at that point? Like, yes, yes. Someone um, went home and cried because they had a, a terrible week at work or a terrible month at work to deliver you this next gun skin and you're just going to complain because you're not going to hear your, the other news sites talk about it. Like, get over and, it. Like, and you know, I, I firmly in the belief that uh, every game can get made in in a different time frame. Um, or rather, you know, there's a way to make a Call of Duty every year that doesn't require abuse. Um, <laughs> or maybe not every year. But, like, you know, like th- th- there's a way to make those games it's just not like this um because that's not sustainable um which leads me to my next point triple a is definitely going to crash i've believed this for many 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 years i still believe it this is rampant throughout triple a um and i believe this is just going to cause it this like this crunch toxic work culture in general capitalism is it the symptom of everything? All of this is just a symptom symptom of capitalism. It's going to kill the industry. It's just going to absolutely fucking decimate it. And then suddenly, yeah. a lot of games are not going to get made. Games are getting bigger and bigger and having shorter and shorter, um, like time frames to get made. Um, funnily enough, I think COVID has actually slowed that down a little bit because games are more willing to be pushed. Um, at the moment, um, using COVID as an excuse, even though they might have already been like maybe a little bit behind schedule, even without COVID, um, which I, you know, you don't need the excuse to push a game back. Um, this will kill a lot of the industry. People will leave. People will leave the industry, go somewhere else, and there's only so many like so many recent graduates that you can replace. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the thing, isn't it? Because, like, you know, it might take... There might be a thousand people at Activision Blizzard, more than a thousand who signed that letter. Um, and, you could, and you, you know, you see that and you think, oh, well, if they leave, we'll just hire a thousand more people. You know, there's so many people dying to get into the industry. But the people in these companies are talented and they're dedicated and they've, they've, they've worked hard to get to where they are. And, when and they deserve you, to be where they are, if not higher. Most exactly, if not higher, exactly. And when when you see them leave a place that they should, by all accounts, love, that anyone in the same position would would feel so fortunate to be in, when you see them turn tail because it's not worth the trouble, then something's wrong. Something's fundamentally flawed and needs to change. Yeah, it's the it's the uh, grommet on the si- sitting on the toy train, putting tracks in front of it as it's going. Like you're gonna <laughs> run out. You're gonna you're gonna run out of tracks at some point. Uh-huh. I, uh huh. I I'm sitting here going like, hmm, is that 
is is Activision Blizzard Gromit or are they Wallace? And who's the penguin with the? With the and Wallace is in the wrong trousers. So what's the anal- <laughs> um, the, the gamers of the penguin? They're the so, evil one. <laughs> Um, following on from this, Mike Fahey at Kotaku, uh, we're here with another article. This is from, I don't know, this is, yeah, this was published 10 hours ago, so July 28th. Activision Blizzard employees plan walkout on Wednesday to protest working conditions. Um, so Activision employees, Activision Blizzard employees are holding a formal walkout Wednesday, July 28th, calling on leadership to improve conditions for women, particularly women of color, transgender women, non-binary people, and other marginalized groups. The protest event, formerly known as the Activision Blizzard Walkout for Equality, will be held tomorrow virtually from 9am to 6pm. So let's go, go over the details here. It's digital, there's an in-person thing. Um, people are encouraged to use a hashtag on social media if they can't attend. Uh, quote, we are encouraging employees to take whatever time off they feel safe to do. An employee told, an employee rep told Kotaku. Quote, most of us plan to take the full day off without pay. But we understand some people, like contractors and associates, and those who are paid less than they deserve, might not have the ability to do so, unquote. The announcement of the walkout is accompanied by a statement of intent letter addressed to Activision Blizzard management. The letter states that employees believe their values are not being reflected by management and issues a series of demands meant to improve working conditions for those subjected to harassment and discrimination. These demands include an end to mandatory arbitration, which forces complaining employees into extra-legal mediation rather than public court cases. Revised recruiting, hiring and promotion policies, pay rate transparency, and the hiring of a third-party organization to review the company's reporting policy, HR department, and executive staff. Um, and that's about it for the specifics of that um, article there. They sort of go into more of the context in the rest of that article. Um, this is great. Um, I hope yep. many, many people attend digitally or on or physically you know I, this is if this is in california um then you imagine a lot of this uh body of uh employees should be vaccinated so hopefully they're all vaccinated if they're gathering um but yeah i mean hopefully this sends the right message and hopefully it gets through i think uh the public response as well has been large enough that you know activision and blizzard are going to see a hit from this um and it's not just me because they they lost a day of of work time with from their employees like it's a it's it's a message it's, it's a show of you know like hey when we can't we when you know when the working force can come together like you know what's cocktic what's 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 bobby Kotick gonna do like hop on a computer and start you know like modeling chairs for water warcraft like no like they like <laughs> like work will stop um yep. uh you know like i i hope that it 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 sends a a i i hope that the message gets received right like i i hope that the part the part of the whatever brain worms that that the higher ups have left you know is able to take it this take in this information and say hey like these are people and these people you know, are, you know, taking a day without pay to say, hey, like, you know, you need to listen to us because this is unacceptable and this needs to change. Mm. Um, I, you know, like, I, 
I don't think this will achieve much in terms of... Uh, I think this is a great thing and I think they should do it. I'm absolutely solidarity with, solidarity with literally every single person that is, um, you know, taking a stand on it. Um, I just think Activision Blizzard is just too big. Um, I, agree. I I think they are too... Uh, emotionless they're too they're too fucking rich um yeah. they've just got too much money and they will just do nothing um you know oh, like they're getting the, the, like so like they will do nothing in, in response to this the only reason any of this stuff is happening is because the state of california has decided to sue um, exactly this is this Precisely. is not like an invest like there's not like we have an investigation and we have a report and we're giving you the report and you need to make the change. This is like, hey, we want money. Like, we will take you to court. Um, yeah. And what that does is two things that large companies hate. Uh, one, it makes them take it, it makes them take their money when they lose. Yeah. And the second thing, which they hate probably even more, is it gets some attention from the mainstream press. Um, yes. Which is like the thing... You know when a game company has fucked up when something happens and CNN is reporting on it or yeah. the Washington Post is reporting on it. Um, yeah. They hate it when that happens because the games industry is very small and it is very secretive and very lucrative. And a lot of this stuff probably wouldn't happen if there weren't so NDA, so many, many, so many NDAs required signing when joining a company this big. Um, and that's another symptom of capitalism. But mm-hmm. when this happens the games industry gets like a big magnifying glass shone on it with a big spotlight saying, hey, what are you doing over there in that little corner? But also and not just not just the corner, it's like the rock has been overturned and you see all of the disgusting maggots that have been yes. feeding off of the tree trunk scot-free yeah, you, for the last 15 years. You see the mold that's been growing for, for, for years and when like it's when it's shone like when the light is shone on it it is very like it makes them squeam um because suddenly there is like a reality to a lot of it i think um it's not just like hey we've got this we've got this money making company that's just going to be making money it's, it's like you know s- stockholders shareholders hate it when their money is in something that looks rotten um mm. and they get skittish. They sell. When they sell, that is much bigger than a fine from a state. Um, mm-hmm. Realistically, I don't think they're they're going to get, relatively speaking, to the size of Activision Blizzard. Um, they're not going to be asked to pay a lot of money. But you know, hopefully, what it would do is make some of their shareholders like run, um, or like increase shareholder demand for the company to reform and change and make sure this never happens again. For those that stick around, because I the, would love the, that. I I don't I don't see that happening either. Um, I know I know that's very idealistic, right? But that's that's the other pressure that can happen here is the, sure, is totally. the stakeholder and shareholder pressure on the company itself. I mean, I want to say over the last year, um, the 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 shareholders did stop Bobby Kotick from getting a paying uh, getting a, an added bonus. Um, yeah, because he requested one and needs to go through the shareholders for it and more often than not they say yes because they've already made like he's already made them a lot of money anyway um which is also discussing that he can just do that um especially after they fired something like 40 people over the past like year um more than that the more i I don't know the number i think they fired like was it activision blizzard who fired like 200 people or was that 
I, I don't know when that was. Um, I'm pretty sure that was it because they were they were talking about the pay raise at the same time for Bobby right. Gooding. Well, because like that stuff was happening in the same time. I just didn't remember the, the number of the employees. Yeah, there's lots. Too much, especially for someone who's asking for more money. Um, it's like a, mul- a multi-millionaire asking yeah. for more money. Um, so yeah, like look, if it if it makes the 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 stockholders nervous, that's like. That is what I can see being the best case scenario, realistically happening in in direct relation to the lawsuit. Um, yeah. Obviously, best case scenario is this stuff stops happening. Yeah. Um, that's a that's larger than this lawsuit, um, because you know, like, uh, sh- short of the state taking control of the company, yeah. um, that stuff stays internal. So, you know, it, we'll see. We'll see. I um, yeah, I haven't felt comfortable to buy games from Activision Blizzard for uh, nearly two years now since uh, the whole Blitzchung debacle, where they um, stripped this uh, Hearthstone competitor of his rightfully earned title because he said um, "Free Hong Kong" when the the protests in Hong Kong were happening and. Uh, you know that 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 you know that that's more capitalist pressure you know bowing to the demands of one of their most popular markets governments so yeah. that they can continue to make money in china um it's it's so cowardly and it's so feckless um and this behavior going along beside it is not surprising it is upsetting and um I want to see it change. And I really feel for the developers who really care not only for the industry, but for the the projects they're working on and the work they do and the teams they work for, because there are some good eggs in here from, from what we've seen on Twitter. Um, a lot of people saying stuff like, I believe everything that has been said. Yes. I simultaneously believe this while also loving where I work and loving my team. And, um, but I can absolutely believe that these things did happen. Um, and so I, I would love to I would love to have faith in Blizzard again. You know, Activision I would love to be able to buy the next guitar hero again. <laughs> uh with it's never and not happening. feel I know it's never happening, but I'd love to, if it did come out, hypothetically, I would love to not feel guilty about it. Um not that I bought the last one. <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna buy the last one, but I'll be sure as hell to buy the next one. <laughs> but you know, like it's it's sad that um, Blizzard properties are wrapped up in this too. You know, StarCraft and WarCraft are games that I grew up on and Overwatch more recently. And these are, these are games of huge importance to our industry and the people who, and the communities that play the games that are made. Um, and to see everything tarnished like this is, is sad. But more importantly, to see the hurt that has been caused by... Uh, the people in charge is uh it's absolutely morally unconscionable yes uh, yeah so you know believe victims and stand with everyone who has any sort of anecdote at this company you know not that yeah. i know any anyone there personally but um 
I really feel for, for the for the devs here speaking out the ones who don't feel comfortable to as well the ones who are there supporting their friends um, yeah I really feel for you guys and you know it's like it's you know like while I was going on about AAA before it's not just a AAA problem it's definitely in the independent space and, and all the middle grounds as well it's not just AAA it is a it is an industry wide problem um, that needs to be changed reckoned with in whatever form that takes it needs to be gotten rid of um mm. because it is hurting people and it will kill the industry um and you know like it it just like it, don't do it it's bad just be <laughs> a good person like straight totally. up it's like it's really you know like you have to go out of your way to do something like this um take Take your responsibility to the people that you're in charge of seriously, more seriously than you take your bank balance. Mm, yeah, right. Um, it's also worth pointing out um, that, like, they uh, there is another letter that has come out um, by by uh, Activision Blizzard um, from from Kotick himself. I'm criticizing the previous response that they had saying that it was their initial response was tone deaf. Um, I'm not going to read this out either. Um, but in that letter, um, uh, he encourages uh, <laughs> I- anyone with experience, um, uh, anyone with an experience that, that violates uh, their policies or made them uncomfortable to reach out to someone named Stephanie Um she works at a company called Wilma Hale, um, uh, who, who Kotick says uh, will be able to speak to you on a confidential basis and can be reached at. Includes the contact information. Um, no retaliation will be tolerated. Um, quick Google. Uh, Wilma Hale um, is the anti-union activism uh, <laughs> company that Amazon employs. Um, uh, previous... Uh, uh, Big, 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 like big tech anti-union company. Um, uh, Also happens to be good friends with people in the current administration. Um, Just like a terrible company. Um, Wilma Hale uh, operates a workforce classification practice, a central issue to big tech firms like Uber and Amazon. You know, two companies that are really really good about how they treat their employees and the titles that they give them and the roles in their contracts, you know. Um, and the amount of pay. Yeah, right. And all of the and all of the bells and whistles that goes along with, with <sighs> positions of, of of you know lucrative uh permanent permanent permanality. Is that a word? <laughs> no, it isn't, but I like it. <laughs> you know you know what I mean though by that word, right? Um Permanence. Permanence is the word. Thank you, Carrie. Um. Yeah, this is an awful company being employed by another awful company. Um, to to help a, to help everybody save some money. The you know like, it's been said a lot, and it's still true. Um, never trust the HR at a company. They are there yeah. to represent the company. They are not there to represent you. They might say that they, uh, will help you out, and you know they might. But at the end of the day, you don't pay their bills company pays their bills they report to the company they do not report to you join a union
Amen. That's about the, the long and the short of it. Um, I think this is going to continue to, to develop over the next week or two. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I hope, you know, when Schreier came out with his report about Crunch at Rockstar leading up to the release of Red Dead Redemption 2, we got the follow-up from that a few months, a good number of months later, saying that things did start to change at the company. Yeah. Um, who knows change to what extent... Is possible. If- Exactly. I, who knows to what extent that happened, if it's still happening, if things have backslid, we don't know. Um, but and, just and to hear... I, I also really want to quickly mention as well, um, around the same time that article did come out about Rockstar, um, the, uh, one of the houses, if not both, did leave. Um, I think it was just one, but yes. Just one? Was it Sam? I, I want to say Sam... Huh? Dan Hauser. Dan Hauser. Um the houses are directly involved in a lot of the things that were happening at that company about regarding their toxic workforce. So like, I'm not saying that it's directly linked to the article. I'm sure it helped. Um, however, I think change was coming along with the departure of one of their uh, terrible leads anyway. For I'm not sure. saying the article didn't help, but you know, like might've been something coming. <laughs> th- things were at play there already. Mm. It didn't leave because the article, right? <laughs> Yeah. So fingers crossed we hear we hear there's some demonstrable sign of progress moving forward. I'm not going to hold my breath because I think that would be lethal to me, but I hope it happens. Uh I think that's about it. Do you have anything else to add for that one, Jeremy? Nope. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh thank you all for listening. Uh through that heavy topic um, it's important we mention it. It's important we, uh, you know, there's no shortage of coverage in the industry at the moment, but it would be foolhardy not to uh, also cover it as well. And um, it's important to it's important to bring up, and it's important to shed light on, and it's important to keep these stories and these companies accountable. So. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, uh, you can find more of them on the podcast service of choice that you have found this one. Uh, you can also find it on minimap.com.au along with our other podcast series, The Occasional Written Word. Uh, if you want to support us, you can give this podcast a positive rating um, on your service of choice. You know, the little thumb up or the heart or the plus or the five stars or whatever you like. Um, if you're feeling particularly generous, maybe jump over to iTunes and give us a five star rating and a nice review there. If you like us, if you feel like it, uh, no pressure. You can also support us on Patreon monetarily if you would like at patreon.com slash minimapau. Um, if you want to keep up to date with all the new releases from us, you can go, uh, well, you can follow, the, you can be on the website, obviously, but you can also go to uh, twitter.com slash minimapau. Uh, that is the handle for the Minimap Twitter account. You can also find us personally there. Uh, Jeremy is on Twitter. At obi one Jez. Uh, Kerry is on Twitter at KJPalmer underscore 24. June is on Twitter as well, our normal third co-host at J-U-N underscore E-double-S-S. They're not normal. J-U-N underscore E-double-S-S. E-double-S. E-double-S. Right, I said double so I don't have to say S-S. Right, that's how that works. I said it. E-double-S-S would be three or four depending on how you want to, like, how you want to take what you've said. Yeah, probably be four, right? Double, double. Well, you said double S-S, but I couldn't tell if you said double S and then an additional S at the end of that or not. 
Oh, I see. I see. So who knows? Left brain, right brain shit. <laughs> I'm not really, convinced. Just, my... It's one one brain cell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced either of the two sides of my brain are talking to each other. Um, but yeah, aside from all that stuff, uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in a week's time. Pardon me. And, uh, <laughs> That's um, and we'll see you later. That was awful. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. What did, what did, where the fuck did that come from? Ah, oh, it hurt. <laughs>